before I dive into this episode, I want to invite you to a free live workshop with me. It's June 13th, and the topic is bad managers. I love this topic. I know you probably don't, yet you need to know the types of bad managers and what to do because you might have some mediocre leaders on your teams. Please check it out. It's June 13th. It's free to everyone. You just need to go to awesomeleader.com slash bad dash managers. Once again, awesomeleader.com slash bad dash managers. Hope to see you there. Do you have an employee or a peer who is in pain and needs some really honest advice and you want to help them? You want to have a talk with them heart to heart. Yet having an effective heart-to-heart conversation usually isn't something that companies provide on-the-job training for. Now, knowing when and how to have a heart-to-heart talk is critical to your success as a leader and to helping your employees stay focused and engaged. Sometimes you're going to have conversations that make you feel vulnerable, make them feel uncomfortable. Don't wing these conversations. You need to prepare. And I'm going to help you do just that. I'm Lila Bullingtown. I'm an executive coach and the creator of Awesome Leader. I've coached founders, VPs, and C-suite executives worldwide for over 25 years. I make it easier for leaders to make decisions, guide their teams, have difficult conversations, and have fun in their roles. Yes, it's possible. I love what I do, and I love my clients. My number one passion is making it easier to lead and manage teams, no matter what your title is. And in my online coaching and training programs, I create leadership ease through 15-minute lessons and weekly group coaching. In this podcast, you can experience some of that micro-learning. This podcast is a weekly shot of tangible leadership advice. All episodes are under 15 minutes. Let's get started. In my work coaching leaders, I see that knowing how to have intimate and oftentimes intense conversations, heart-to-hearts, is a necessary skill. And most of us learn how to do this through trial and error. We make mistakes along the way. So a lot of things, you make mistakes along the way, and that's how you learn. And most conversations you get better at because you make mistakes along the way, right? You get better. Yet heart-to-heart conversations can be conversations that have a lot more weight, a lot more consequences. And so I want to share with you some ideas about what to do to prepare for these conversations. First, let's talk about what I mean by a heart-to-heart conversation. I define a heart-to-heart conversation as a discussion that requires a deep level of honesty and a fair amount of vulnerability. Oftentimes, these are the conversations leaders know in their hearts they should be having or feel like they should have already have had, yet they're nervous about it and they put it off. Now, the word vulnerability and the concept of it, it makes you wince, right? Ooh, it just makes you feel like a little ooh. Who? I'm not sure if I can do that. Yet, that word, it can be a shortcut to help both parties, the person starting the conversation and the person who is the the object of, you know, help or thoughts coming towards that person, the idea of vulnerability can really help you have an honest conversation. One of the things that will help is if you have mutual trust established. And we're not talking in this episode about establishing trust, yet if you want to have a heart-to-heart with someone and it's a new relationship and you don't have trust built, I'll just say right now, don't get there right now. Okay, don't go to that heart to heart right now. What I'm assuming is, is that you have a level of trust with this individual. 
and you're able to have this vulnerable conversation with them. And when you initiate that vulnerable conversation, you're opening up yourself. Uh, This person receives your honest opinions and begins to see that there is a topic, an action, a behavior, there's something going on that you're aware of and they need to change it. And these heart-to-hearts, they can be like so delicate and difficult and squishy and uncomfortable because they oftentimes touch on things that are not work items, right? And so you, many of us have been taught to, you know, keep a line in the sand or really divide between like work and like life and like be careful what you talk about. And I get all of that, yet there are going to be some times when you want to be vulnerable and you want to have a conversation with someone and it's going to touch on something that maybe has to do with the professional. And so I'll talk a little bit about that too. Uh, It's just being very intentional is really how it's going to help you. All right. So heart to hearts, as I said, they're delicate, difficult conversations. And oftentimes they're most likely about decisions. They're decisions that you as a leader will feel compelled to help somebody focus on fast. You see somebody suffering, you see that they need help, and you want to help them make a decision. And these decisions and the emotions around them can feel like quicksand. You're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How's it going to, how am I going to manage this? So before you sink, here are three thoughts I have for you. Number one, I want you to think carefully about where and when to have a heart-to-heart. Yes, I'm starting with logistics. And again, I want you to think carefully about where and when to have this. Some leaders prefer to have these conversations away from the office in a more casual setting. Uh, Doing so creates some anonymity. Um, You're placing the individual where they won't be surrounded by other people they know in the office. This strategy, you could argue, is helpful if you feel somebody may be feeling emotional. Yet at the same time, it just makes me feel really sad that maybe you would take somebody out to lunch or a cafe for a coffee and bring up a difficult conversation and then have them be emotional in person. You know, who wants to cry over lunch in a restaurant? So while I can honor the fact that people want to have them away from the office, I would love if you didn't do that. My recommendation, use an empty office and start the dialogue towards the end of the day. This tactic is professional. It feels more private because it's the end of the day. I'm assuming you're in the office and I'll talk about doing it remote in a moment. And it also assumes that you've made an adequate uh, amount of room in your schedule for this conversation. Now, you really, I feel, cannot expect to pose a life or career-changing question to somebody at nine in the morning. That's just not reasonable. And then ask them to work productively for the rest of the day. So in each situation where you find yourself needing to have a heart-to-heart, I want you to work on a case-by-case basis. You know the person. uh, You know how they're going to handle some of these difficult and vulnerable conversations. But overall, think carefully about where and when. Try to use an empty office. It is a setting where it's not your place, it's not their place, and start the dialogue at the end of the day. Don't rush it, and also don't do it right before somebody's going to jump on a train or jump into their car to try and beat traffic. Now, let's talk about remote, virtual. Now, if you're doing this over Zoom, Teams, or Google Meet, however you're doing it, oh my gosh, 
you know what I'm going to say, be 100% in the meeting. Think about the where and the when there too. Limit any distractions you can control. Do not be late to the meeting. Do not have to end the meeting short. If the meeting goes long, have more meeting time set aside. Don't do things back to back. And really also keep in mind how you use the box. Some of you, if you're regular podcast listeners, you've heard me hear the phrase like control the box, like view yourself in that box, whether in the Zoom box, you see yourself in a box with other people, Hollywood squares or so forth. What are you doing? Can you be more present and more physical and you show more of your face? Make sure the lighting is, make sure the lighting is good. Make sure that everything you're doing shows that it's as close to possible as an in-person meeting as you can do it. Okay, so that's number one. Think carefully about where and when to have a heart to heart. Number two, separate the personal from the professional. So as I said, as we started off, like sometimes these conversations get personal. So I want you to think about though, you know, when you're compelled to have a heart to heart, you're likely doing it because you feel invested in the employee's career and life. And so having a vulnerable conversation about a work item that can cross over into from professional to personal can cause people to get emotional. So ask yourself, what are you crossing or how are you going to cross that imaginary work line? In bringing up this topic, I'm assuming, again, you know the person, you have an interest in their work and their life. A heart-to-heart conversation is not helping them through their marriage or partnership. It's got to be centered in a work item or it's going to be centered in a behavior they're using at work or in work that maybe is being impacted by their personal life. So I want you to do more than think of your manager or leader hat on. Think more just like talking to the person you're speaking from the heart, not just from the employee handbook. I just want you to think about what you're trying to accomplish when you have heart-to-heart conversations. Are you asking them to change a behavior that, again, you see in a work setting? Do not open up the conversation to be like, hey, Lila, is there something in your personal life that maybe is, you know, impacting you and is the reason why you're doing this? That might be you being nosy. Maybe that sounds silly to you. Just think about what you're trying to gain and how you can be respectful. You're going to know this person and what they can tolerate and what's going to be appropriate. Here's an example for you. Maybe you notice an employee struggling with a problem they're having in their life. And you say something like, hey, you know, I want to help you. I know that you've brought this up and you've uh, discussed it. And I can see that it is something that is distracting you from the work that you're doing this, uh, doing right now. And uh, I'm giving you some unsolicited and personal advice. I've made a decision on my own to talk to you. I'm doing this because I've enjoyed working closely with you over these last few years. Your work is stellar. Right now, I can see you're in pain. Would you like to take some days off? Would you like to look at some of the resources with the EAP, the Employee Assistance Program, if your organization has that? So think about how you can offer a preface like that so that you can acknowledge the personal item that may be impacting them professional, okay? And also right there in that example, it helps perhaps not catch the employee off guard and allow them to process that you're speaking to them outside of just your professional relationship. So that was number two, separate the personal from the professional. Then uh, number three, I want you to explore ideas, not just offer suggestions or what to do in this heart-to-heart, okay? So explore ideas, 
don't just offer suggestions, like really allow them to drive some of that. So when you have a heart-to-heart conversation, you need to do more listening than talking. Ask guiding questions. Get this person to reveal what they're comfortable with. You know, be clear that, you know, you're open to brainstorming solutions, helping them think about options, but you're not making recommendations. You're not solving things for them. For example, maybe this is somebody who feels like they were passed over for a promotion and they're struggling with comprehending, accepting that decision. So you might say something like, we've talked before about how you feel passed over for a promotion. I know you're still upset about it because you've told me that. What's going on now and what I need to share with you is, is that in several instances in the last month, your peers have described you as being disgruntled. I don't think that's how you want to be perceived. So I want to share this with you and I want to hear your ideas. And then you're going to stop talking. Allow them to talk. Then you can get into some things like, what do you feel? What can you do about it? What can you change? How can I help you? They may not want that help, okay? They may just accept the conversation, the uh, feedback that you're giving them. You want to offer the employee support by asking them what you can do to help. Uh, When you do this, you guide them in understanding that they're responsible for the solution. And at the same time, they're not alone. You want to be able to guide them, yet you can't make these decisions for them. You want to move them towards a decision. Sometimes people just need a sounding board to work out their frustrations. And when you offer this opportunity to mutually explore things rather than you just doling out advice, uh, you help them arrive at their own conclusion and they feel more empowered. And that is what being a leader is like. This isn't just like having one-on-ones. So I want to go back to the example I shared with you there. Uh, we talked about this before, how you feel passed over a promotion. You know, I know you're still upset because you've told me. want to let you know that some of your peers have shared with me that they see you as being disgruntled. How do you feel about that? So now in this example, I didn't suggest that it's time for the employee to start exploring other options. I didn't say, you seem to be feeling really bitter here. You know, why stay? Maybe you should work somewhere else and be happy. I want you to be happy. You want the employee to come up with those ideas themselves. You want to be direct, I get it, and offer solutions, yet I feel like you spin the wheel of fortune when you have a heart-to-heart conversation with your decisions and ideas in mind. This is about them, their decisions, their ideas. You are recognizing they're in a situation where they're in pain and it's impacting them and you care about them, not just as a productive employee, but as a person. And when you allow that employee to arrive at their own conclusion, I feel that you ensure that uh, people feel heard, trusted, and respected. And the goal of a heart-to-heart conversation is to create space and time for that to happen. A few final thoughts. I want you to remember, nothing is really off the record during the heart-to-heart. Okay? And your leadership hat should be on. You are having a heart-to-heart. You are being honest and vulnerable and transparent as much as you can, yet you are still speaking as a leader. You have a leadership title, whatever it is, and you're speaking as a company representative. Again, you're not giving them decisions. You're having a conversation. You're opening it up so that they can decide what to do. I don't want you to be accused of having suggested that somebody quit or having you know advice that backfired. I know you're smarter and savvier than that, and you're more empathetic. It's just difficult sometimes because we sometimes care so much about the people that we work with. All right, so let me recap those three for you. Number one, think carefully about where and when to have that heart-to-heart. 
Number two, separate the personal from the professional and make sure you have an opportunity for somebody to, and this is the last one, to explore ideas. You're not offering suggestions. Not the, That's not the primary idea purpose of a heart-to-heart. So I hope that when you have your next heart-to-heart conversation with an employee, these tips give you some ideas on how to have the best possible outcome. These conversations get easier, and I sometimes feel that that discomfort you are feeling means that you care. All right, I hope this has been useful. I will talk to you next time. And let me know how those heart-to-hearts go. Thanks. Before you go, please hit subscribe or click to follow this podcast. This tells me that the content I'm sharing is helping you, your team, and your company. You'll also learn when the next episode drops. And if you'd like weekly emails from me with more tips on how to move your leadership towards awesome, visit awesomeleader.com slash podcast. You'll receive notifications of free webinars and free resources. Also, if you'd like to learn how to bring the first and only online leadership program with lessons under 15 minutes to your team, visit awesomeleader.com. You'll learn all about my online coaching and training program, and you can check out a lesson for free. Thanks for listening to The Leadership Shot. 